jerk off. So my goodness, we're back. We made it. Uh, how are you? It has been a while, uh, and probably a, the while feels like longer than it is. I'm sure. I'm sure the rest of you are similar to me, in that you're like, oh my god, I think I've been in lockdown for the last 28 years. Uh, but it turns out it's actually just been a month. You know. Seriously, tomorrow was the day that the Melbourne Comedy Festival was supposed to finish. Uh, it genuinely feels like a different time uh, when that thing got cancelled. Just like a different time in my life. Uh, it feels like it was pre-moustache, you know? That's how long ago this was. But uh, please don't worry. I'm not going to shave the moustache in quarantine. I'm not going crazy. I'm staying on brand. The tracksuit is on. Uh, the moustache is there. It is, uh, it is probably more prominent than before. I think it's just responsible to shave any unnecessary facial hair during this time uh, as just moustaches just look like they're laced with COVID-19. You know, I think that's kind of, they're the flavor saver after all. So it only makes sense that they will be full of disease also. But uh, I'm, I'm sorry it has been a while. I didn't want to, I didn't want to come to you unless I had something, unless I had something exciting. And I got to say in the last few weeks, nothing too exciting has happened. Uh, Australia... If you haven't been following, I don't think we're getting global news coverage. Like I try to check out other news websites on behalf of Australia. And I just don't think that we're given the same coverage during COVID as a lot of other countries because it's just not that bad here. Uh, I, I love checking out the stats. I don't know if you guys are like me. I'm a big sports guy. I don't know if that has come across on the podcast previously, but I love a bit of sport. I spend a lot of my time... Uh, reading about sports, Australian, American. Uh, basically, at the moment, I pick sports that air when I get home from gigs. I'm looking for late night action. It's very rarely the sports that I am in the country of that I'm watching. Was that worded poorly? Am I out of practice? Am I rusty? Uh, be honest with me uh, if I'm not. If I'm not bringing it uh, at the moment, but yes, uh, I'm. I'm without. I'm without sport. <laughs> sick um so i'm without sport so i don't know what to do so i've just been reading like the the coronavirus stats like i need sports stats but i don't have those so i'm looking at the coronavirus stats and apparently australia's doing great we've only had like two deaths per million people and we only you know have like a million people in the country so those are pretty good numbers we're putting up uh definitely looking at an all-star appearance there um, but yeah, so we, we're not really getting too much coverage and I just want to say that, yeah, from, from where I'm sitting, it, it hasn't been a particularly serious time. I do know, uh, in Europe, obviously in Italy and Spain and the UK, uh, things have been pretty rough. There've been some pretty serious lockdown measures put in place, but in Sydney, we can still play golf and tennis. Those are the only sports we're allowed to play. I don't know why. It's only the upper middle class sports that we deem necessary for physical activity. Maybe they're just the the sports that old people can play. Maybe. Because like old people, man, like I don't know how old people operate in your area of the world. But in Australia, the old people have a very simple uh, routine, which is obviously checking in with their family, doing the babysitting stuff. Uh, they do sport. Like if it's sport, it's probably golf, tennis, right? They, they're the most old people friendly sports. Maybe a bit of lawn bowls thrown in. Uh, and then the other thing they do is go down to the RSL club, which is the Retired Servicemen's League Club. So basically it was started for people who came back from the war. 
And uh, that's where old people hang out, man. They've got activities that old people like, like swing dancing, bingo, standing for the national anthem at 11 a.m. That's what they do every day. I think you've got to stand for the national anthem. You can't wear a hat in there because uh, old people fucking hate hats. Uh, old people hate hats almost as much as they hate tattoos. I did find that... I find that funny that old people have taken all the hatred they used to feel towards other races and have now just concentrated that onto people of any race who's got tattoos visible. Isn't that nice, you know? They've just still found a way to hate people based on their appearance alone in a progressive, non-racial way. Uh, But yeah, so I I assume it's just the old people, they need their sport. Um, The NRL, which is rugby league, uh, which if you if you don't know the hierarchy of Australian sports, there's AFL, which is one of the most popular sports in the world and Australia. Like if you look in terms of per capita attendance, then there's rugby union, which is uh, bashing people like the, the run into people sport for rich people who went to university, uh, private school, that kind of energy. And then rugby league is the, the working the working man's game. Uh, and that is looking like it's coming back on the 28th of March. Oh, sorry, not 28th of March, 28th of May. So they're going to try to bring the season back, I think, way earlier than any other sport is even giving a go. And I can only assume because uh, the only safe play, uh, only safe place for rugby league players to be is on the field. Off-field, a lot of issues. Very dangerous to the public, their families. Uh, but on the field... That's the best place for them, honestly, because they can only hurt each other and they're fucking tough units. So I think they'll be fine. Uh, But yes, you heard my little sad trombone noise before. That's because I think I've finally found the piece of equipment which will allow me to interview people around the world. It'll also up my podcasting game a little bit. We can have multiple guests again. Uh, Obviously, I I can no longer work with producer Mooch. I miss him all the time. Uh, if you are in London after this thing blows over, please get back out to the Vauxhall Comedy Club. He was doing awesome stuff there. He really does support comedians and he produces a lot of great podcasts as well. So I've finally found a way to replace him with a piece of equipment that will allow me to call people overseas and interview them very simply. So I think we can get that going. I would, I would love to talk to some people around the world about how uh covid is affecting them where they are obviously i've got a few mates uh in italy like in northern italy because i headlined that gig there uh, at the end of last year and uh wanted to talk to some people in spain as well some spanish comics you don't really hear much about stand-up comedy in spain but i'm hopeful we'll find some of them as well uh but yeah so that that should be good because it, w- it was looking dire there i'm not gonna lie to you guys i was concerned i was like i don't know if I can keep doing the podcast from Australia, especially during lockdown. I don't know if you know, but it's quite a difficult time to immigrate. Australia has pulled the, the doors closed, you know? We're, we're completely locked down. I don't know if that's the same in the UK. I, I assume not just because it's such a hub for so many places, but Australia, we're just proper, you know, we've, we've been doing this to refugees for years. Fuck it, we're just gonna close the borders. No one's coming in. Uh, if you come to Australia as an Australian citizen, they put you in a hotel for 14 days uh, quarantine because they're like, look, we can't trust you to quarantine yourself. What we're going to do is put you up in four-star hotels and make you quarantine in there. You literally get picked up at the airport by a combination of the police and the army and off you go. But it is a four-star hotel. And as a 
as a traveling comedian, that's generally three and a half stars higher than I'm used to staying at. I bet they don't even have shared bathrooms in there because that would be a risk of contagion. Uh, but yes, I just wanted people to know because obviously with the bushfires, a lot of you guys got in touch and uh, with the bushfires, you got in touch and you were, you were making sure that I was okay, wondering if my house was on fire, uh, which it was not. Everything is fine. Uh, but with, with COVID, Australia's actually had a pretty easy run. Uh, this is the benefit of being in the corner of the world, you know, like we're just kind of far away from stuff. Like we can really kind of shut it down if we like. Look at New Zealand, man. They shut it down completely. New Zealand hasn't been this shut down since Lord of the Rings, you know. They're just like nothing else is happening. This is it. We're staying in our houses. We can wipe this thing out quickly, get back to playing some rugby. I think that's the kind of energy they're bringing. Um, but, yeah, it's – I got to say, like – and I, I don't I don't mean this in any way other than just being glad to be home for this kind of thing. Like as you guys know, uh, I was I had very mixed feelings about coming back to Australia. I really enjoyed the UK. I love the comedy scene over there professionally. I don't think there is uh, a comparison. Like the UK is just probably the best live comedy scene in the world. Um, and coming back to Australia was going to be tough, but. With all this stuff happening, because uh, I, I can't really work. Well, I can. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you about that in a moment. But I can't really work live until probably September. I don't know if you guys have been following, but Edinburgh is being cancelled. Every comedy festival I was doing in Australia is being cancelled. Uh, in Australia, I think even for weddings, there's a limit of five people. Uh, so I can't imagine there'll be comedy clubs opening anytime soon or even bars opening anytime soon. Um, but it's nice to be home for this stuff, man. Like I just, I think Australia's probably the best country in the world for an apocalypse. I, you know, just whenever there's, whenever there's any jokes about the nuclear winter, like Australia always makes it, you know, there's always like a kangaroo hopping around, like, don't worry, we'll, We'll see you on the other side. The Mad Max movies, they're, they're filmed in Australia. I don't know if they're technically set in Australia, but we just have a good apocalypse energy, you know, because we got the space. I think, I think anytime there's a global emergency, an apocalypse, what you want to do is jump in your car and just head to nothingness, you know. Ideally, you've got like an apocalypse bumper, uh, bunker set up already, like a nice double brick, maybe like a radio radiation meter situation so you can really keep an eye on things. But in Australia, I think just, you know, you've got the space to do so. You can escape quite easily. There's a lot of country in the middle for you to find your little bit, bring out, bring out a tent. I mean, it's going to be shocking out there. It's not going to be a good time, but you'll make it. Whereas in, I was thinking about this in London, like I did not even have a car, you know? No one's ever made a successful getaway from a pandemic on a train or a bus. Like, can you imagine the mega bus? I think they should just be shut down and never reopened. I think, I think if, we're, if we're worried about the spread of disease, the mega bus just needs to go. Let's subsidize the UK transport, like the trains, so it can be a reasonably cheap option for people and just lose the mega bus. Like, I, I, know, I know that we're all blaming this, like, bat being bitten by a snake in a wet market, but I think it's time to, you know, be honest about it. It was probably the mega bus. Somebody sneezed while another person was clipping their nails. And that went in somebody's soup that they'd somehow smuggled on the bus that they're drinking through a straw because they're a fucking animal. And that, that's what caused, has caused this whole thing. And if we lose the mega bus, I think we can prevent it from happening again. I think that's, I think that's the situation. 
but yeah, it has it has been nice. You know, home is where the heart is, but also home is where you want to spend the pandemic. You know, you got your you got your little shortcuts. You know, the good the good the good roads out. You've got a you've got a place that you went to as a child that you think you can wait this thing out. In the UK, I think the best I could hope for is just to sneak into a Butlins and hide out in one of the lodges and hope the thing blows over. Because I just have no connections in the countryside out there, no ability to get there. It'll be tough. It would be tough. Um, but yes, I've got this. I've got this lovely piece of equipment, and the reason I was able to get that uh, is because I have become a regular performer at the Nowhere Comedy Club. Now I know Nowhere Comedy Club. You're like, oh, that sounds like one of those online comedy clubs, and yes, it is. Uh, but it's not shit. I think that's the important thing. Somebody has taken the time to smooth it out, make sure there's people in attendance, make sure there's no sound issues, no technical issues as best they can. And that man is my boy, Steve Hofstetter. Oh, yeah. I am absolutely loving this soundboard. Don't worry. There will be some more jerk-off related noises right now. I'm just on, I'm on the basics, you know? Actually, if you want to, if you want to experience what Australia is doing right now during the lockdown, here it is. Yeah, some good natural noises. That's what that's what it's all about. Na- nature, nature happening on this thing. Um, but yes, Steve Hofstetter has created this thing called the Nowhere Comedy Club. Uh, they put on a bunch of shows every week. I headlined a show there last Saturday. I made as much money doing that show as I would make in a fortnight, if not a month, performing live comedy in Australia. So I was very grateful for that. Uh, to any jerk-offs who did check out that show, I appreciate it. Had about 115 people on watching me do comedy, and it wasn't shit. I'm going to put a clip up from it just to prove that to people because I know there's a lot of bad press about digital comedy clubs. People are like, ah, it can't replace live, and it can't. Obviously, it can't replace live, but that doesn't mean it's still not a viable option. You know, I'm, I'm sick of my friends putting on quizzes. <laughs> Enough with the Zoom quizzes. It's too much. You guys are bad at it. I was a trivia host for many years. This is triggering, all right? I'm just like, this is just not a well-structured question. You're using the wrong question word. The number of points is just arbitrary. I don't dig it, all right? So check out one of these shows. Steve and I do a weekly show called Ask Us Anything. Uh, if your dream has always been to ask me a question live, guess what? We can do that now. Uh, I can be your cam girl with the clothes on. That's what I'm offering at the Nowhere Comedy Club. Uh, it is 12 p.m. Sunday Australian time, which I think is probably like 2 a.m. Uh, Sunday UK time. And then in L.A., it's actually Saturday night prime time, 7 p.m. Uh, so if you want to check that out, it is happening every week for the next month. And tickets are $10 US, which has allowed me to buy my sweet piece of podcasting equipment, which I hope will mean we can interview people over the phone. I'm very excited for that. Um, I just wanted to say for any jerk-offs, I know you guys listen to this on various platforms, but all the episodes are on YouTube now. I'm finally sorting that out, trying to get my YouTube channel in order so people can watch my comedy all in the one place. Uh, beyond that, I just want to say thank you to everybody who has checked out or got in touch about the Three Stripes comedy special. Uh, you guys might remember me mentioning that on the last little podcast, last little update I sent you. 
Uh, I recorded that on my last night in London. It was genuinely the last thing I did in London. I recorded that. I went out, partied, then got on the plane the next day, and that was it. Uh, it's basically my Edinburgh show with a little joke that I forgot to record uh, during Let's Never Hang Out. I don't know if I've ever told you that story, but basically with Let's Never Hang Out, I did like a really proper comedy special. Like this is your regulation comedy special. Six cameras, two shows back to back, you know, cutting between both shows to kind of find the best hour in there. And my, my, I don't know if it's my best joke. It was certainly my favorite at the time. I did it in the first show and it was a bit flat. And then that was the whole point of the second show. You'd nail it in the second show. So it all seems nice and glossy for the recording. And then during the second show, I completely forgot to do the joke. So it just didn't exist. My favorite joke at the time in my big comedy special didn't exist. That's why if you watch Three Stripes this time, you'll see a little after credit scene where I get off stage and I yell at Bobby Mayer, who is a previous guest on the podcast, love Bobby. Uh, I yelled at him, hey, mate, did I forget anything? And he said, yes, uh, it says here English people are ugly. And I was like, oh, shit. And I went back out and did that joke. And if you watch the recording, you might catch it if you look very closely at the cuts. But generally, that's what you're supposed to do. It was my first one. I didn't know that that was what you were supposed to do. So I just completely lost this joke. And uh, it really bummed me out. But then I found a little, a little fun way to talk about it from a UK perspective. Uh, if, you, if you don't know the joke, it's called Dogging the Boys. Um, if you look at part three of uh, Three Stripes, it's the first joke on there. And uh, yeah, it was really exciting to finally release that joke. Um, and the, the funny thing, the weird, the weird connection to that story is that uh, that's a part of how I met Steve because like Steve and I just kind of did a gig together in Sydney and he liked what he saw and got me to open for him. This was like four years ago. And then since then, I kind of helped him find opening acts in different Australian cities who could do his shows. And yeah, then we started working together a lot more recently. Um, But yeah, it was, I did that joke at essentially like an open mic night that he was just doing a little spot at because uh, I think it might have been his first time in Sydney or maybe a second time. So he was just kind of trying to feel out the local scene, see what people went for. And I did that joke uh, only because I didn't do it at the special taping, which was like a week before, and I was still salty about it. <laughs> and uh, he saw that and was like, oh, shit, this guy's pretty funny. So he got me to do the show. And now we've worked together a bunch. There's loads of clips of us on his YouTube doing Q&As. If you ever want to get more Daniel Muggleton content um, in your life, I know we're running out of shows, right? It's tough, but we're going to get there. We're going to get through it together. Um, but yeah, so this, this uh, if you've made it this far, which I, I do appreciate uh, because I know the solo podcast isn't as fun. I like having someone to talk to as well. I like people noticing weird things about the UK that we can then talk about because like, it's weird coming back like, I was away for two years and all the stuff in the UK that I found bizarre just becomes what you're used to. And then coming back to Australia where everything looks like it should, it, it's weird again, you know? You're just kind of like, oh, wait, why are there no people around? Like, what's, why, isn't, why isn't everybody thanking everybody a thousand times? I miss that, man. I, the UK politeness. I know you guys kind of bang on about it as kind of like one of your self-deprecating brag things that you do. You know, that classic British move where like you're, you're saying a self-deprecating thing, but it's, 
It's actually like you just trying to let me know something positive about yourself, you know, like you're perfect on the reframe. You guys are, you guys are perfect on that. It's just like, oh, geez, I just, I wish my dad wasn't success, so successful so I could be my own man, you know? It's tough trying to live in his shadow and it makes it seem like you're trying to be humble but actually just being like, my dad's fucking important and uh, he, will, he will negatively impact your career unless you're nice to me. Uh, that's a classic example of the UK self-deprecating brag. But the, the thanking and just... I don't know about the queuing. Like I could take or leave the queuing. I still don't like the way that you guys at a bar will have, there's like the full bar, which is where you're supposed to stand, right? You're supposed to lean up, lean up against the bar. Then the bartender comes over and you're like, oh no, this guy was before me. Or like, oh no, she was after me. She should be serving me first. And it's a, the responsibility of everybody at the bar to dictate how the queue formed. The bartender's supposed to keep an eye on things. You know, there's a system. Whereas you guys do that weird thing where you line up like two two meters behind the bar and then you go to the bar as you're called like one of those number systems but there's no numbers very environmentally friendly but i don't rate it i think you got to get at the bar uh but the thanking i miss the thanking man i think i've become a bit of an overthanker because of your influence as a group um i just you know I, i'll do i'll do i'll want to be the last person in the thank you i think that's the I think that's the British approach. Like you go up to the store, just this thanks. You put a thanks out there immediately. And then they're like, thank you. As they grab it, then they'll say the price. And you'll be like, yep, cheers. Anything else? No, thank you. Oh, that's already four thank yous in there out of nowhere. And then they'll give you the thing after you pay them. And you'll be like, appreciate it. They'll say, thanks. You'll say, have a good one. And you're like, fuck me, I just nailed that. I said the good one just as I walked out the door. That's, that's like six thank yous in Australia. The people are not expecting it. I think, I think people think I'm taking the piss sometimes when I'm just, I'm just being, being grateful. But I want you to know you have affected me permanently moving forward as an Australian. I think I'm going to be an overthanker. Not to Irish levels. The Irish can get fucked with that thanks a million thing. I think that's too much. They say thanks a million twice in the same conversation and it's uncomfortable. I, I do not rate it at all. Um, but yeah, so that's all I wanted you guys to know. What do we got? We got let's, go, let's go through this thing again. We've got the equipment now to finally do some international interviews. We got, we're talking over Skype. We're talking over the phone. We can get this thing done. Uh, to the fans of the video who want to see me to make sure that I'm not lying about not shaving the mustache, I apologize. I won't be able to do that at the moment. I'm hopeful... Hopeful that I can make that happen soon, but just with, you know, the guests not being able to be in the same room, I think we're going to have to stick for audio for now. But that said, I am working on a couple of other things uh, that should be out soon. So if you just follow the podcast, please follow me personally on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you prefer. Um, that's the best place to keep in touch with what I'm doing at Dan Muggleton on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. Fuck it. I gave it a go. Why not? TikTok's cool, man. It's like just a free shot to see if you appeal to children and it just makes you feel ugly. Because that's the thing. I was in the UK. I felt pretty for the first time in my life because by comparison to you animals, I look great. Uh, I've come back to Australia, been next to these healthy Australian people who, you know, demand that tennis and golf stay open during a global pandemic. These are fit, focused people, you know? 
and uh, I've I've been like, holy shit, I look terrible. I've rectified that situation. I've I've been you know not going to the gym because that's not allowed and is really fucking gross in the age of germs. You know, like whenever whenever you think about hand sanitizer and the gym in the same sentence, you're like, that gym should be illegal. That is just a cesspit of germs. Uh, but I've been doing some exercise. I mean, jogging. I did not go for a jog in the entire two years in the UK. I didn't even own shoes that were appropriate for that purpose. Uh, but in Australia, I've been getting back in shape again. I'm like, hey, you know, I, I still got it. This is great news. Then you jump on TikTok and it's just all these hot children. And obviously, when I say hot children, I do mean, you know, 18 and above. I'm not actually checking out children. Uh, what a time to be alive when that needs to be clarified. But um, yeah, I'm on there as well. If you want to check that out at Dan Muggleton, I've got some things coming out. Uh, please watch three stripes. It is on YouTube. If you Google Daniel Muggleton, three stripes, letters or number, whichever you prefer, it'll be the first thing that pops up. I promise. Uh, please give it a little like, chuck a comment in there, share it around. I think we're sitting on like one and a half thousand views for the full thing probably about 10,000 overall, but it'd be great to level that up a little bit and for you guys to see my comedy because we talk about comedy enough. It's probably about time you had a taste of it for free. Uh, I'm very glad that I put it out on YouTube because I'm sick of Amazon uh, not working in certain countries for absolutely no reason. Uh, Amazon is the complete opposite of the global pandemic because it's certainly not everywhere. Uh, absolutely not. Uh, and other than that, uh, my shows with Steve, they are at the Nowhere Comedy Club. If you go to nowherecomedyclub.com, uh, you can buy tickets there. I think each show is probably about 60, 90 minutes. Um, you can ask us questions. We'll do like some jokes and stuff. It'll just be a fun hang. Uh, and if you want to get involved, Steve's fans love doing a fuck, marry, kill. I don't know why. Uh, shag, shoot. What is it? Shag, shoot, avoid? No. What do you guys have? Is it shag, marry, kill? Is it just more polite? I don't know. Please tell me. what The British version, there's definitely snog in there for one of them. That's just kiss, though. That's no fun at all. That's prudish. Prudish behavior, which I'd expect from Americans, not you slutty British people. Um, but yeah, let me know. Fuck, that's going to annoy me now. Let me know. Let me know what that is. Um, but yeah, that's, that's like a thing with his fans. So if you want to get involved in that, come up with a good one. Uh, get in touch with me. And I can address it on the show. Uh, I will chuck a little video up from the Nowhere Comedy Club where I headlined the first weekend show there. Oh, yeah, big moment for me. Uh, if you guys want to get a taste of it for free before you go check out some comedians. I've got some big names and I am trying to hustle up my UK mates to do a bit of a show with them on there soon. Uh, all right. Jerk offs. I think that's it. Um I'm so sorry it's been, it's been a long time between drinks, but I didn't want to come to you unless I had some announcements ready to go. But I've got the equipment. Uh, I hope the sound is good. This is my first time having a roll with it. Um, I hope it sounds good. I hope you're enjoying it. And I will be back next week. with We'll, we'll figure out when I'm going to release these things. Uh, but otherwise, catch you at the Nowhere Comedy Club. Please stay safe. Wash those goddamn hands. Uh, and if you are really struggling where you are, I'm still not married. That has become illegal. Uh, well, not illegal, sorry, but we kind of have a wedding over five people, so we might postpone that. So if you're struggling where you are, get in touch with me. I'll marry you. Come to Australia. Plenty of space. You'll ride this thing out and you'll be safe. 
Uh, cheers, guys. Goddamn pleasure. I'll chat to you again soon. Thank you. Just kidding. I'd never forget. Cheers, mate.